summoning hour. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 75 of the Summoning Hour podcast. I am joined by Wesley Peck, the University of San Diego esports lead on their pilot program and pilot exploration of esports. So you're going to have to explain a little bit more about that. But first, I want your origin story about how you got roped into exploring esports in the collegiate space. Uh and what an origin story it is uh hi uh everybody on this podcast um like joe said my name's wesley um i'm with the university of san diego um and uh when joe says pilot program i mean we're talking real fresh pilot program um i think i was brought into this uh into the esports world at usd about a month ago um so this is really the beginning um I, I listened through some of your other episodes. It sounds like you've had some uh, very mature programs, uh, some representatives Absolutely. of very, very yeah. mature programs on uh, on your podcast. Um, you're going to get the other side today because uh, we are really just beginning from the uh, from the structural and staffing side. Um, so uh, I actually I work for the University of San Diego in the IT department, and I've worked there for about eight years. Um, I work in the help desk, and um, I run a, a team of student workers. Um, and so happens that one of my student workers is on the gaming club. Um, and apparently uh, their previous uh, staff administrator went on sabbatical and they needed a new staff uh, advisor in order to um, fill out the paperwork to get reimbursed for the meals at their events. Uh, so the reason that I was initially brought into the Torero Gaming Club was because they needed to get paid back for their food. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, food is life on college campuses for sure. <laughs> absolutely. And boy, was I happy to contribute my name uh, if it meant that uh, Kevin could get paid back for the food. <laughs> um, so uh, I was asked at the beginning of a week, I think it was uh, probably mid-October of this year, um, if I would be their new staff advisor. And I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, maybe – you know, I'm not really involved with a lot of the student life, uh, more the IT side, more the staff side. I'm definitely not involved with gaming on campus, even though I am a lifelong gamer. I've been playing League of Legends since 2012 um, and games since I since Pokemon Red, you know. Um, and so I, I was batting it around. I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring on the extra responsibility. Um, and then that, that was on, I think it was on a Monday in mid-October. That Wednesday the chief information officer of IT, my boss's boss, showed up in my office on a, or I guess it was on a Friday, and uh, walked into my office and said, so tell me about this League of Legends thing. Um, it, completely out of the left fields. Um, he, he'd heard that I'd play and was interested in League of Legends. Uh, it turns out that there had been some interest, uh, the upper administration at USD in esports, uh, more of an exploratory component, seeing what we already had on campus. Um, so for me, I, I kind of took that as a sign, you know, if the students are asking me to be involved and now my boss is asking me about it, you know, maybe this is, uh, you know, the universe telling me maybe th that I should embrace this part. Um, so, uh, that, that was kind of the origin story for, uh, how I got involved in this, but the, uh, the origin story for Torero gaming, which is USD's gaming club goes back a lot further. Oh. Um, Torero Wait, gaming so has been around since, mm -hmm, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask, what what is that, and like, why the unique unique name 
Like uh, usually it's just like <laughs> so-and-so university's gaming club or League of Legends yeah. club. But like th this sounds like it has identity behind it. Uh, I think part of that is the University of San Diego identity. So our mascot is the Torero, um, which is, is. kind of like a bullfighter, but the bullfighter that doesn't kill the bull at the end of the bullfight. Um, so a little bit of humanity there. Um, I think I'm particularly proud of being able to call us Torero Gaming because it sounds so much less silly than like Aardvark Gaming or uh, Banana Slug <laughs> right. Gaming. You know, not to bash on San, San Jose or anything, um, but our, our mascot doesn't sound like a silly animal. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we can include it in our name. Originally, we weren't called Torero Gaming. Originally, we were called USD Esports Club. Um, that was back in 2011. Um, and again, I wasn't involved with the organization back then. I was on, I was, I was on campus as, as early as 2012. But the organization was completely student-started um, and student-led. Um, they've had um, a lot of growth. They've had some, uh, some diminution. They've, they've gotten smaller. They've gotten bigger. Um, times of success and times of disinterest from the campus. Um, at one point, I think we had three League of Legends teams on campus, all club. Um, we had an Overwatch team, a Rocket League team from the esports side. Um, and uh, like I said, it's all student-run. They have a student council of uh, four or five student leaders that organize monthly events um, and have organized all the competitive side. Really, my role, uh, stepping in as the staff advisor and as the uh, kind of representative for USD's pilot program, is I'm trying to see what infrastructure I can build around the club that already exists. Because um, Torero Gaming has uh, a pretty rich history, and they've been very well run. The last thing I want to do is step in and put my you know administration hands all over their what is a a very successful club instead i want to see what resources we can bring to the club to make them even more successful and make it more of what the students who made that club were dreaming of when they started it yeah because the students don't know what they don't know and they haven't always had an insight into the university and how it works and how it runs and everything and then like for a lot of people, a lot of people end up running to the athletics department. But when you really want to know what mm -hmm. this is going to cost, it seems pretty foundational to go to IT and be like, well, how do we get these kids <laughs> to compete at a at a competitive level? You can't let them be running in with their homemade computers and like <laughs> just kind of the basic university internet. You have to look at the ports, look at the pipes, how often they have to use this, any other rooms, all that. IT makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and it, 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 I don't think that we're the only organization who's started pursuing esports through um, through IT. Um, what's also really exciting is it's not just IT that's interested. Um, my 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 CIO um, has uh, put been the big advocate so far, um, but we also have interest of, through the academic areas too. You know, because we're a university, so everything at the end of the day comes down to what academic resources are we bringing to the students? Um, and that's a really big growing area at a lot of universities is like esports programs from the academic side, certificate programs, master's programs, things like that. Oh, yeah. And I, I think my favorite part about it is, uh, you know, every time you talk with somebody who's in higher education, you know, they're going to get really excited about anything that's cross-sectional, right? Um, because these students don't want to, you know, get a communications degree and then find out that, oh, they were only prepared 
to do one specific segment of job. Um, I, I was a literature major in undergrad. It's like, well, you teach or you go back to school <laughs> or you yep. find another job. Um, and, and, you know, not to bag on literature majors. I, I'm so glad that I did it. And I think it was foundational for my education. Um, my wife's if you one. Can take... Oh, yeah. So, so, you know, <laughs> I know. Which probably brings on the big bucks now, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I joke about it because I'm, you know, I'm a IT guy. I'm an IT guy with a literature degree, um, which, in my opinion, gives me an edge up. You know, I'm, I'm good at communicating. That's part of being literature, and uh, I think that that's pretty cross sectional. Esports is pretty cross sectional too. I mean, off the bat, you've got your regular, uh, I guess, sports components. You know, good practice regime. Um, being able to uh, lose gracefully and win humbly. Those those are really character uh, building traits that are very cross-sectional. Uh, but in esports, you've got this additional component of uh, it's so accessible when it comes to media production, right? And management. There's traditional sports management, but esports management is a little bit different. And USD is a, is, is a really strong uh, business school with management programs of I'm a little biased because I got my MBA from USD, so I think they're amazing. Um, our continuing education department is really strong, too, so we've got all these certificate programs. And we've got a strong College of Arts and Sciences um, for, like, media production. IT has a pretty strong media production area as well. All of those cross and can be used in esports as opportunities for the students at USD, even if they're not the ones, uh, you know, getting pentakills during uh, competition to find a job when they leave USD and something that they're passionate about. I, I have to agree completely. And it allows you to lean into your university strengths and just what the programs you're known for, but it's not even, it's even opening up the doors for other majors that may not have had much of the limelight from the university reputation, but it brings them into the fold mm -hmm. into something new. And I mean, anything that strengthens community on campus anything that strengthens programs that are already existing like it's a win-win for the university i agree i agree and relatively reasonable startup costs too um from just a fiscal perspective um your investment in you know the hardware for gaming is relatively small compared to investments in other types of clubs and programs and uh no travel right or very little travel as that, much as you just, want, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, as much as you're willing to do. You could do just about no travel. And, I mean, we're in Southern California, so even if we're playing with Riot or Blizzard, they're right around the corner. Um, so even even that's just a bus, bus right away. Um, that That's kind of a game changer in lowering the barrier for entry for just about any organization. The real barrier to entry, in my opinion, is do your students care about it? Um, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, without them, there's none of this program. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I was I was lucky enough to get to do a site visit recently with University of Irvine, uh, UC Irvine, um, and UCI has an incredible program. Uh, Mark and Eric over there have been just absolutely rock stars in helping us learn um, as we're moving forward with our pilot to see what fits University of San Diego's identity best. Um, and even they sh they shared with me as well that the esports program that they've built at UCI, this really really well known renowned esports program um, with an arena and competitive teams and just like an incredible business model, was built around 
the gaming clubs that already existed. And that was their priority was like, we need to build something around the people that are here, the people that care about this. Um, and, and I'm really lucky. The Terrero Gaming Club on camp already boasts 100 members. We have a, a, a five-person team that's going to be competing this weekend in the West Coast Conference's very first League of Legends competition. Sweet. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Sunday, if you're if you're watching, uh, tune into ESL's Twitch channel. Um, uh, when when we make the top four, uh, hear my confidence there. Uh, <laughs> you can see us compete for uh, for semifinals and finals for WCC's uh, first preseason. Um, and it, it's very interesting seeing the West Coast Conference, which is our conference for sports at USD, step in and organize our first esports conference competition as well. Because um, it's again this cross this crossing over of the esports, regular sports um, in areas that may not have normally commingled. That's really exciting to see. Now, one one part that I'm always curious about is, and you might not have had much exposure to this yet, but from your students' perspective, what's been the parents' acceptance like, been like? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I haven't, I haven't spoken with any of my students about that. Um, cause you, you just, just reading through some of the documentation that UCI was willing to share with us, um, based on the surveys they did with the students and the general community, you know, there's always some reluctance to, you know, recognize video games as, uh, a serious career or a serious enough hobby to invest time in. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you and I get it too, you know. <laughs> uh, my parents didn't let me play video games for the longest time. Um, doesn't mean I wasn't sneaking my Game Boy under the blanket in my bedroom, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's still breaking its way into the mainstream of uh, valid recognition. Um, from the administrator and staff side, that's something that's really impressed me with USD is the willingness of the upper administration to not blink twice uh, when somebody says, let's pay money to help kids play video games. Uh, they have said, okay, let's look at it. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you a short story. Um, I had a meeting with our CIO where we were uh, touching base about prepping for this upcoming competition. And uh, our meeting ended and I asked him, is there anything else you'd like me to do? Um, and he said, yeah, can you teach me to play League of Legends? Um, Brilliant. Right? Uh, and uh, as far as I know, Elzar isn't a gamer, um, but he had already installed the game on his computer. He pulled it up, and uh, I taught him the last hit on Tristana for the last 15 minutes of, the, of that meeting. Um, that kind of willingness to get in there and experience it for yourself um, in a way that isn't, I, I guess, condescending or... Um, old school. I, I really respect that, and it, it makes me really excited for what the administration could do with something like esports because they aren't going to be blinded by kind of the old way of things. They're, they're excited for the next generation of opportunity. And not only that, but it, it gives them that immediate understanding of this isn't as easy as it looks. This isn't <laughs> just playing yeah. Pac Man. This isn't just playing like original tomb raider kind of thing where everything's very mm -hmm. limited you're playing against five other very smart people assumedly and you're trying to work with four <laughs> other people 
and you're trying to make sense of it like that's a big deal mm -hmm. and but there's still that very individual component specifically to league of legends well oh, yeah. all esports like whatever whatever your role is you have to execute and saying it is something completely different than actually doing it and league of legends that's a whole different game <laughs> yeah i warned the cio uh when he sat down to play that uh, i played league of legends for six months before i had any fun um and uh <laughs> that is absolutely and, uh, right I, I don't know if he had fun i can't speak on his behalf um but he did get some cs i was i, I was really impressed um he was clicking away with the best of us and better than some of my solo queue partners so <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, you have this buy-in, you have this permission, mm -hmm. you, you have the key to the city about how to get this mm -hmm. thing ro rolling. What's what's your immediate goal? Like, we're, we're, what, a few months into the semester, we're wrapping up here. What's your next step to go? Like, you're getting your feet underneath you, you're going to competition. What's the rest of the infrastructure look like that you're trying to get set up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh for right now, we're focusing on the short term. Uh, we want to see how this first preseason turns out with WCC, with ESL. Um, and uh, basically, I want to get the team up on Twitch. I want them to feel kind of the figurative spotlights on them and watch them perform and how it impacts them. Um, because if they've got the drive, then uh, then I will do everything I can to make the space for them to drive as far as they can. And uh, and that's that's probably our biggest challenge right now is that I have a, a regular job that I'm doing most of the time. Um, so I, I run a help desk with 30 student workers and four staff members and uh, that's that that's a that's more than a full-time job. So the uh, everything eSports related kind of comes in after hours. Um, so there's only so many hours in the day that I can commit to it. Um, that that's one of the reasons I'm so lucky that the students the students uh, gaming club has been so self-sustaining and has built themselves up is that really I can kind of step in, observe, and offer them resources as they need. Yeah, I mean that's the one benefit of all of this. Like, re regardless of any club I've talked to, the students go so far beyond than what I've ever <laughs> heard of before of any like high school sport or like anyone who's just trying to turn something into a business or a profession like these students go absolutely nuts and like whatever they're doing for your university they're also doing for like three other startups too it's true it's true and people are passionate about video games man people love their video games <laughs> i'm thankful it keeps me having a job so that's all good yeah <laughs> I think once we make it through uh, this preseason, um, that's going to be, I think, kind of our litmus test to see how much drive and buy-in there is between the students and the staff. Um, if we're looking pretty, which I really think we will be, I think we're going to find a lot of success during this preseason. Um, I think my next big step is campus recruitment and campus PR, um, getting the word out. Um, USD, I don't think, is really known as a gamer school. Um, we're right on the beach. I mean, like a 15-minute, if that, drive from the beach. People generally don't want to stay inside when you're that close to the beach. Um, and we've got UCSD and SDSU right around the corners who have big gaming communities. 
Um, so I really want to touch base with our community and learn who's out there, uh, who plays Rocket League, who plays Overwatch. Uh, do you want to practice twice a week and compete? Because if you do, I will give you the structure and give you the infrastructure and I'll fight for the money if there is money. And I will spend my time in order to help build uh, that opportunity. And, and the next thing I want to do is look at how we're going to organize and manage the uh, casual versus competitive gaming. Um, the last thing I want to do is to watch Terrell Gaming go from being this awesome fun club for all gamers on campus to being this very selective group of extremely competitive gamers. Um, I don't think that that's what anybody at USD wants. We need to maintain the community and the casual fun gaming for gaming's sake while uh, still funneling some resources into esports. That balance is, I think, is going to be tricky. Um, but I think I've got the students behind me on that. And it's great to hear you considering the community that's there, where you want to go, and how to balance it. Because you, and like you already said, you don't want to just come in and put your administrative hands all over it. Like these students have built something, mm -hmm. and they're still building something. And finding ways to encourage that is like something I've heard regularly from many of the other clubs that I've interviewed with. And it's like you walk that balance of building a community, but sustaining what each of those segments within that community really want. The, com the highly competitive, mm -hmm. the casuals, the one who want to learn a brand new fighting game every other week kind of thing. Yes. And <laughs> you, you get that, you keep that going and you keep that honest and you make sure that one's not kind of polarizing the other and it's a struggle but at the same time it's also down to what the students want and between mm -hmm. the university putting you into a position to help kind of be that arbiter and be a little bit of the okay what's next you can play that neutral party really well to build the the campaign that the students really want yeah yeah absolutely um I don't think that you can have esports without casual gaming, um, I, I, at least not right now. Um, that's probably my favorite thing about competitive, uh, competitive video games is the fact that they are so, I guess, direct democracy of video games. You know, like if one of my players on on, on the League of Legends team grinds it out for a year he could make challenger and be scouted by the north american teams right there's you don't have to go to the right school you don't have to get the right coaching you don't have to have lots of money you don't have to do do any of the things that you might have to do at a at a um in a traditional sports uh, arena or sports circumstance um, instead you can really grind it out yourself and uh, I think that that is such a, an important element of esports, and that comes from having a casual—not not, not a casual, but having a, I guess, a non-structured personal love of the game. And that's that—that that, that's what I want the casual gaming side of Terraria Gaming to always represent: people that love to play. And then, if you love to play so much that you want to beat the snot out of other people, <laughs> you come join my team. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to beat the snot out of UC San Diego or UCI, then all the more power to you. Like, we're coming for you, UCI. Maybe not this year, but <laughs> we're coming for you. <laughs> I think that's a great place to be. If you want, if your students have that drive to be like calling someone out by name and just being like, for this reason, <laughs> for your com for your competitive record, because you have all of this infrastructure and money and everything and this lavish program built around you we want to be that scrappy up-and-comer underdog that just 
takes it out from right underneath you. That's a story mm-hmm. for the next five years I'll end up covering, and it'll be fantastic. Oh, heck yeah. I want to give you some content. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you're you're testing things out. You're figuring out. You're you're finding that mm-hmm. right balance. Where where do you want to be by the end of the year? Where, what's like that flag in the ground, we're going to keep doing this next year kind of thing? Um, I think the thing that I want to see most by maybe the end of the – I think an end of the calendar year or end of the academic year here academic year sorry (laughs) yeah my my entire life is dominated by semesters um so uh i think by the end of the academic year what i want to see is um i want to see us make it to riot's competition for league of legends i want to see us having scouted our entire campus i've got some ideas for some uh some grassroots kind of urban marketing to try and get the attention of uh, the league players on campus, see how many people perk their ears up when they hear the pings from the game um, just around campus, see if they follow them. (laughs) Um, I want to have uh, the infrastructure in place for an Overwatch team and for a Rocket League team. Um, And hopefully for Smash singles, I think that would be really good. Um, At least the space. I want the, the roster space to be there so that if the, there are the players that want to play, they can step into that space. Um, I'd like to start doing some more investigation into uh, coaching staff to see what that would look like. Um, UCI recommended doing remote coaching staff, which um, thank God they are sharing all their wisdom with me because I would have never even thought about that. <laughs> um, so I've got pretty lofty goals. Uh, the, the hard part about this is this really is a pilot program, you know. Upper administration has to take a pretty uh, logical and reasonable look at it and say, okay, is this good for our organization? Does this align with what USD stands for and what USD wants? And if it doesn't, then don't do it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, and and that's, that's why I'm lucky to be in the position that I am is I'm being asked for my regular job to – look into whether or not this program is a good fit for us and if it isn't i'm being asked in my free time as the staff advisor to still be involved with the gaming club so i get to be involved either way whichever way administration wants to go um, i just got to dream differently uh depending on wh- which way we want to go i dig i dig uh, like th- this is everything <laughs> that i want like this is like it feels like me starting my podcast and it's just like, well, where do you want to go? What do you want to do with this? How is this going to work? And it's just like, here you go. We want this there. And people have been listening. Yeah. So it's like, people are going to want to play <laughs> games at university of San Diego. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's a given people are already doing it. You have a hundred or so students doing this. It's, it's almost too easy at this point. It's just yeah. how far do the yeah. students want to take it? <laughs> yeah. I, and I get to dream big, um, of, varsity teams and scholarships and being national nationally renowned um but right now the focus is okay who's picking up lunch on saturday for the team between games (laughs) uh the logistics mixed with the dream big right (laughs) all the good parts like solving these little problems they just give you momentum for going down the road so that's exciting uh outside of the games that you mentioned rocket league 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 of Legends and Overwatch. <laughs> I I know that there's tons of other games going on. So like maybe you don't have an official University of San Diego 
team for Rocket League, but do you mm -hmm. have do you have students participating in like the CSL league or anything like that for other games outside of those three? The uh, from the competitive scene that already exists at USD um, right now, we only have uh, League of Legends and Overwatch. Um, we've had Rocket League and we've had some Smash presence in the past, um, but those have kind of dwindled out over the last couple years. Um, the the competitive scene has always been primarily League of Legends at USD. Um, that being said, if you show up at one of the GBM meetings on a Friday, um, uh, then you're going to find dozens of video games. This this month's GBM is going to be all board games, right? Uh, you know, that's uh, I think a characteristic that's pretty common to gamers is that it's hard to keep our attention. We jump from game <laughs> to game to game. Uh, so as the new as, as new games hit the market. Um, I think that's actually going to be an interesting challenge for all esports programs is as these new games hit the market, are you going to take the gamble and be like, you know what, you know, Heroes of the Storm is the next biggest competitive thing only to find out that Blizzard's pulling Heroes of the Storm Collegiate, right? Uh, yep. I, I, wh what are you willing to take a risk on? What do you think is going to go big? Uh, it's, it's like a, it's like, it's like financial investing mixed in with sports management mixed in with regular management <laughs> yeah and i mean that is a perfect business case to be like this could cost us money that we see nothing from because yep. no one's paying yep. attention to that game anymore or very few people are and there's no competitive scene for it there's nothing to build off of for those student futures outside of the skills mm -hmm. in the background not necessarily that game but then you have things like Apex Legends came out, mm -hmm. no advertising, no marketing, no plan whatsoever, just came out weekend of the Super Bowl last year. I think it was that weekend. Um, mm -hmm. But came up out of nowhere. Suddenly, it's a competitor in all of the Battle Royale space. Apex yeah. Legends, yeah. Fortnite, PUBG, PUBG Mobile now. Like, that whole genre just came out of nowhere. And now Tell me about it. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's super exciting for sure. And like now you have things like the auto battlers coming out and TFT going to do its own thing and Dota Underlords and all of that. Yeah. But like, what's that? When is that next genre going to come out? Who's going to come out with yeah. auto battlers 2.0 and really just push that genre crazy? And like, how, how do you react to that? Like Apex Legends, it's massive. It's monster. You start seeing all these professional orgs hiring streamers specifically for that game or buying competitive teams even though there's mm -hmm. no like league formation there's no competition set up yet and yeah. as a university when it's all like brand new and it's rapid fire like that i could imagine that scaring people away from investing early on so to have your level of acceptance and your administrator's level of acceptance that's that's not an easy pill to swallow no, it's not. It, it kind of reminds me of like uh, Silicon Valley invest small tech companies, next big tech company going to take over the world type of thing. You invest in these games, throw a lot of money at them, see what happens, doesn't work, move on to the next one. Um, higher education isn't exactly known for being fast-paced, uh, an industry of fast-paced innovators. Um, I heard somebody joke that the only... In uh industry that's slower than uh higher education is the government <laughs> we're, we're not always known for Ouch. adopting things quickly and immediately um and, and i think there's good reason for that you know 
innovation in um, in something like the next competitive video game can be really expensive without any guaranteed payoff. And we have a responsibility to the students to be providing them an education that means something and being good stewards of their tuition money and of the donors' money and of the grants that we're receiving. Um, that being said, I think that there is a strategic way to go about it. Um, and th since that industry is growing, now that it's finally growing in um, in higher education, now we're getting research data about it, right? Um, UCI has a huge uh, section of their esports program that's dedicated to research on uh, video games and esports. Um, so we're gonna start seeing like, okay, what are the indicators that, um, that a game is going to be competitive? We may not be able to predict the next Apex Legends, but we might be able to be prepared if Heroes of the Storm is on its way out. You know, we might ha see those indicators, uh, read the chicken bones or <laughs> whatever the phrase is. <laughs> that game still tugs at the heartstrings. I was super into it. And then it's just, there goes the carpet out from underneath us. Yeah, yeah. It's always tough to see and feel something like that. And uh, I mean, to be honest, you know, I've been playing League of Legends since uh, 2012. And I can't believe the game's still going. That's crazy. Uh, and, you know, every every other week on Reddit, they're saying League of Legends is dead. League of Legends is dead. Like, I really don't think it is, guys. <laughs> if there is one game that's not dead, it's League of Legends. <laughs> you can mm, just you yeah. can just time out those Reddit users and be like, go away. You're you're you're, you're done for a few <laughs> weeks. Come back when you have some perspective. <laughs> Come back in three weeks to find that League of Legends isn't dead. <laughs> exactly. Man, okay, so I mean, what what else should people know about your campaign to build out esports there? Like, it's hard it's hard for me to know because like you have the infrastructure coming up, you're getting the investigations done, you're finding partners to find out how they're doing it. Like, what what else is going on? What's your 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 move to keep moving forward outside of just what the t what the students tell you what they need to do and finding out about other programs. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that's going to be a big priority for USD's esports teams is uh, video game uh, like gamer diversity. Um, so something that I notice painfully every time I've watched the competitive League of Legends scene is every single player is a dude. Um, and there's nothing wrong with guys playing video games, but I would love to see. Uh, League of Legends teams and gamer teams that accurately reflect what the video game community is. The video game community is not a bunch of guys in their basements like people like to joke. It is split basically evenly, if not slightly tilted towards more female gamers. Um, so that's going to be a huge priority of mine. Is I, I think that there's a there's there's these remnants of some toxic gamer culture that really drive away people that aren't your standard basement dweller guy. And I, I want to see how much we can combat that and try and create the new environment of gamers in the in the spotlight that accurately represents the gamers that are actually playing every day. Um, that's going to be a huge priority for USD overall over this next year as we start working towards um, our PR campaign on campus. Um, USD is... Uh, is predominantly uh, female, I believe. I think we're at a 65 or 70 percent um, female identifying enrolled at the university, um, which means that uh, our base population that we're drawing from 
is already pushing towards the diversity that I want to see in um, in uh, in our roster um, and in overall all of esports. Um, and we may end up having the benefit of if USD becomes a signature school for esports, we might be able to balance out our uh, our ratios a little bit better, drawing the guys that want to play video games to USD. <laughs> I commend you on making diversity such a strong pillar up front. Like that's, it's it's necessary. It's just it has to mm -hmm. be done and it has to be set in stone that this is a priority somewhere. And I've heard a handful of other universities saying diversity is important to them and not just like where it's at on their campus, but also just who's playing in the club, who's playing for the competitive mm -hmm. teams and having more and more of those conversations and those are programs that are already a few years in but to hear that at during the pilot phase i think that that's really important and really impressive that you have that goal as well as your university as well if usd is going to build if terrero gaming is going to build into a large esports program i want to make sure that we have the found a foundation that we're proud of um and that's a core value of the entire university, and it should be a core value of Terrero Gaming as well. Um, and it is. It is a core value of Terrero Gaming. That's what we're moving forward. And we're not just talking diversity of board games and first-person shooters. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we want diversity of that, too. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take it, too. Can we combine them all? I want to see an RTS, MOBA... RPG with text-based elements, and you have to flip it, roll an actual die. <laughs> I could, yeah, let's do it. We'll build that, and we'll get your, we'll get a game design degree started there. We'll get everyone just looped in there. Next thing you know, the next League of Legends is birthed in a University of San Diego gaming club experiment. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> it's got to find the right donors, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so now I believe I found the original US, uh, USD esports website, which I can't actually access because it says, uh, did you mean this? And it takes me to usedsports.com or dot something. <laughs> so I'm wondering... Like and you, you've mentioned media production a few times and getting your students mm -hmm. up on Twitch and everything. How do you feel like your students being exposed to and being in control of something like social media that is representative of the university is going to go mm -hmm. over with the administration? That's a good question. So as long as we're at the club level, I think that the administration isn't going to think too much about it um, because the Torero Gaming Club has been in charge of their own social media and internet presence since 2011 um, and has done a fine job. Um, I don't think that that's going to be too much of a problem. As the program grows and there's more of a spotlight, there's always the questions of, you know, what is professional, what is not professional. Um, my in, in my day job, like I said, I work with about 30 student workers. And I can tell you that when given the right resources, students are incredibly incredibly capable of being so incredibly professional um enough so that i know adults that don't come anywhere close who are in their 40s and 50s with full-time jobs um, that don't come anywhere close to as professional as, as i've seen my student workers um they inspire me with the confidence to know 
that the student team is more than capable of, um, of, of running their own presence and accurately representing the values of the university um, if they're given the right guidance and the right tools. I have to admit that's a little bit of a leading question because that's the right answer every time I've asked that question. <laughs> it's just like the students know better about social media. The students know better how oh, to represent God, yeah. themselves and how to represent something that's important to them. So just trusting the students with something like that and trusting them to behave I think that's easy mm -hmm. enough to do for something that they're willing to put in like 16 hour days for this kind of thing. And it's the trust that you're already giving them, the trust that the university is giving, like this is how you build a program. This is how you push those boundaries faster and faster each time because you have given them the leeway and the length of the leash to just go out and explore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, the, the drive that some of the students show um, is far beyond anything that I think that I could conjure myself. As much as I love video games, as much as I love esports, um, the, uh, the, uh, the person in charge of public communication and marketing for Torero Gaming, her name is Sophie, and she has so much bottled passion deep inside of her um, that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, if she just uses 1% of that on Torero Gaming, I guarantee you the entire world will know about the organization. <laughs> and it, it's that kind of thing, those kind of personalities that I'm just waiting for someone to start do a startup, like an actual media production startup on campus through an incubator program that's there on campus. And yeah, then yeah. it just becomes a huge production house of content for esports and game coverage and just it becomes a brand new like 24 seven channel on Twitch. It's like the CNN of Twitch and it's, it's someone's going to do it and it's all going Absolutely. to be student driven and it's going to be insane when it happens. And it's going to be able to react a lot faster than uh, us old folk learning about things and trying to put them through our bureaucracies and our structures. They're, they're going to adapt way faster than we'll be able to. And I can tell you now that there are some programs that are entirely student driven. They have like, points of contact with administration and faculty, but they don't have a dedicated faculty member to help them. And yet they run it more tightly than I've seen some actual organizations. Like they have a management structure and they have expectations yeah. <laughs> and the actual KPIs for their, for their co-managers and everything. I've seen numbers of studios and companies try and roll out KPIs and just have it flounder miserably. So yeah. to have students holding themselves accountable to that level, you can keep your GPA requirements and take it away like because mm -hmm. it's not necessary. They have their own sense of success and how they want to measure that and how to hold each other accountable. It's really, truly impressive. When they, when they own it, uh, they can make incredible things happen. Um, and I think that's across the board, but I think when the administration owns it too, when they when they invest and they personally value it, that that's when you find administrations that do well. Um, you know, I, I love esports, and we have the buy-in of our administration so far. I hope that there's more community engagement and more uh, administration and staff engagement uh, as our program grows. Because uh, Lord knows I can't do it by myself. Um, but uh, I'll I'll try and set the groundwork, and then you know we can we can just start flourishing. <laughs>
Well, if you want to give any shout-outs for the school, any faculty, other student leaders or students involved and stuff, now's the perfect time to do it. If there's any other events coming up or if you have details on that League of Legends match coming up um, that you can share, I'm happy to do that, happy to boost the signal. And as, <laughs> as everything else goes along with your master plan for the rest of the academic year, by all means, feel free to reach out to me. I can leave a message on the podcast and put it out there to make sure people are paying attention to you and uh, just see however, however else might be inventive ways to utilize me as a resource. I am happy to help in any way I can. I'll tell you what, Joe, I'll connect with you in a year and we'll take a look at the program and it may be growing gloriously and it may have fallen completely flat, but I guarantee you no matter what the state of our uh, of Trail Gaming and the eSports program, I will have learned something that I can share. <laughs> Perfect. And, and as far as uh, shout-outs go, the biggest shout-out I want to give out is to the, uh, the Trail Gaming Council. Uh, they've been incredible in embracing me as this brand-new staff member who's just kind of come screaming through with all this new bureaucracy that they've never had to deal with before. Um, they've been super collaborative and super helpful. And to the League of Legends team competing this weekend, um, I don't know if this uh, episode will uh, air before this weekend, but uh, this Sunday is the West Coast Conference's ESL Top 4. Um, we plan to be in that Top 4, so you guys can tune in on ESL's Twitch channel, um, watch us kick some ass, um, and watch the other teams in the West Coast Conference in their very first pilot uh, League of Legends uh, preseason. Perfect. Well, I'll clip that section and we'll share it out on social media so that at least that part goes out before this weekend. So it will go out awesome. and people will hear about it. So <laughs> my network is your network. I appreciate that a lot. Absolutely. Uh, any any final words, any last statements of esports at University of San Diego that you would like to share? Uh, I guess the last thing would be that I'm incredibly appreciative of the administration at USD. Um, they've really shown a lot of desire to innovate. Um, and again, whether or not this program becomes something huge or this is our first and last try at it, um, I really appreciate them taking a risk. Um, it makes me proud to work for the organization, um, and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. And I really appreciate you doing a podcast talking specifically about this thing, because the, the collegiate world is one that it's quiet. It's a, it's a slow burn, I think. Um, as the world gets used to the concept of esports, the college scene's going to come up, uh, come up big, I think. Um, and uh, I appreciate you doing what you do to try and uh, increase the awareness uh, early on here. Well, thank you. And I know it's a last minute plan that you and I had to to get together tonight and have this conversation. So by all means, thanks for putting off your evening plans and having me helping me have this conversation. I really do appreciate it. And as you said, like just cataloging this, chronicling this and making sure people see where we all started <laughs> with this and doing my part. I, I, I like being on the outside and helping out how I can. So thank you for <laughs> jumping in, even if you were just kind of like, sucked right in right out of your office i uh, i appreciate the surprise i, I don't want to live in a <laughs> <laughs> all right well you have a nice night and i will talk to you before a year but at least next year <laughs> fantastic thanks jeff thank you have a good night
gentlemen, is the podcast.